very mindfully pay attention to the breathing, we can see various aspects of breath, some of which I have already mentioned. <coughs> Not only inhaling, exhaling, the discourses say that we should be mindful of the entire breath body, sabbakaya, kaya means body. Sabbakaya means entire breath body. Inhaling, exhaling, short inhaling, short exhaling, long inhaling, long exhaling, uh, and relaxing the breath. Uh, Forth, all combined together, everything there uh, makes a breath body and it appears to be a body with all these components. But <coughs> the Sutta says, be mindful of the body in the body. If you see these two phrases very clearly, you can see one is within the other. Be mindful of the body, in the body. So breath is one of the bodies in this body. In our body, breath is one. When we go to the mindfulness of uh, postures and all these activities involved in assuming a posture are in the body. <coughs> and this, all these activities are put together and called a body of activities, body of postures. And this body of postures is within this body. Then we go to the parts of the body. We mentally dissect our body into 32 parts. If you like, you can dissect it into any, other, any number of parts but primarily for meditation purpose, uh, 32 are mentioned. And at the end of that section also it is said the meditator becomes mindful of the body in the body. And that, all these 32 parts put together makes a body. And then we go to the elements, and when the elements are put together, they make a body. Then we go to uh, various stages of uh, a corpse, and the corpse, of course, is a body. There's no mistake in that. 
and therefore we become mindful of the body in the body. That means we take a small part of this body and use it as an object of our meditation. That is the meaning of being mindful of the body in the body. Now, when we become mindful of the body, at any given moment, any part that we take as an object, we use it to look at it impartially, without having any emotional reaction, to understand it, understand that particular part of the body exactly as it is. Similarly, when we go to the mindfulness of feeling, we read or learn the same thing. Be mindful of, of feeling in the feelings. One is singular, the second is plural. Be mindful of the feeling is singular. In the feelings is plural. Which means there are many kinds of feelings. Buddha had, uh, has uh, uh, mentioned in Bahu uh, Vedaniya Sutta in Madhyaminikaya, if you like to read uh, the Sutta, its name is Bahu Vedaniya, meaning many feelings. In that discourse, Buddha has mentioned 108 kind of feelings. So many feelings, <laughs> not one or two. Sometimes he mentioned three feelings, sometimes five feelings, sometimes six feelings, sometimes eighteen feelings, uh, thirty-six feelings, and hundred and eight kind of feelings. So when we meditate on feelings, we pay attention to one of these feelings. Because when one feeling is present, other feelings are absent. In this meditation, we are supposed to pay attention to something in the present. Only one kind of feeling can be present at any given moment. When that feeling is present, other feelings are absent. For example, when you have painful feeling, pleasant feeling is not there. When, they are, when there's a pleasant feeling, painful is not there. Painful feeling is not there. When there is a neutral feeling, neither pleasant feeling nor unpleasant feeling is there. 
So one should be able to isolate a particular feeling that one experiences at any given moment. There's a very special, uh, special ability, a skill that we cultivate when we practice mindfulness. So mindful meditator should be able to isolate, single out one particular feeling at the moment the person experiences that feeling. There is no mixed feeling. Although people say, <laughs> when they hear something, they say, I don't know, I have some mixed feeling. <laughs> if you ask, what is this mixed feeling? They cannot find some kind of you know, fruit salad of feeling. <laughs> it is mixed feeling simply means the person is indecisive. So many things are going on, so many ideas. Uh, mixed feeling is uh, referred to uh, confused ideas. You know, so many things are there, one cannot make a decision. In situation like this we call it, I have mixed feeling. That is not a feeling, in the sense, in the sense of feeling. So, uh, just like when we pay attention to the body, in the body, when we pay attention to a feeling in feelings, what do we expect? We want to see this particular feeling exactly as it is. When we, you know, seeing feeling exactly as it is, uh, also is not very clear. What do we mean by seeing feeling as it is? Don't we normally feel the feeling as it is? Do we need any particular teaching or commentary and explanation to see the feeling as it is? My dear friend, yes, we need some explanation <laughs> because it is not very clear in our mind. That means, this is why I suggested that we should walk very slowly to see what we, how we understand feeling exactly as it is. When you move, when you, when you stand up, you have one feeling. You will know, you definitely should know what that feeling is. When you pay attention to your feet, when you move, pay total attention to that movement and see what happened to the feeling that you had when you were standing up. It will not 
remain the same. It is changing. And when you move the foot or rest the foot, you have one feeling. Pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. You got to find out what that feeling is. When you lift the foot, move it forward, your feeling is moving, changing from very tiny moment to very tiny moment. Your feeling is changing, moving. And when the foot stops going forward and then when you bring it down to touch the floor, you have your feeling also is moving, changing. When you touch the floor, press the foot against the floor, you feel, you experience a certain feeling also is changing. So one feeling does not stay the same, no matter what kind of feeling it is. Why do we want to pay so much attention to the minute detail of the changes of feeling? Is because there is a tendency in our mind to think that this is going to last for long time, even two seconds, one minute, two minutes, and so forth. Friends, the feeling does not stay even for a two atos consecutive, consecutive atos seconds. A second is uh, the define. It is defined as uh, one billionth of a billionth of a second. It's a second. <laughs> we may not be able to uh, pinpoint every moment, but at least some of the moments of change we can notice. We think our body ages, but our feeling also ages. <laughs> that means not remaining in one state and moving into next state always is what is called Jara in Pali, Jara, aging. So we can see the aging process of our feelings. <laughs> aging is not something limited only to the body. Every moment our feeling goes through aging, meaning changing. So, uh, this insight, this understanding of the movement or changes of the feeling gives us uh, emotional stability. 
to accept the changes of feelings so that we will not be too upset when one kind of feeling arises particularly painful feeling arises and we will not be deluded when pleasant feeling arises to think that is going to last forever this doesn't mean that we want to be too pessimistic that when pleasant feeling arises not to experience it just uh, thinking that i don't deserve to experience pleasant feeling and we should reject it so no no not that is the purpose that's not the purpose we want to understand the nature of all kind of feelings pleasant unpleasant neutral wholesome unwholesome and so forth so pay attention to one kind of feeling at any given time among many feelings to see this very nature similarly be mindful of uh, uh, the mind in the mind meaning when we say when buddha said pay attention to mindful uh, to the fear to the mind in the mind uh, he gave a very easy way to understand this because when we try to pay attention to the mind uh, we don't know what to pay attention to therefore he gave a whole list of things that goes on in the mind because the mind does not uh, manifest or arise or show up by itself without a content without mental content we experience certain mental contents at any given time for example when greed arises at that time we experience greed and we experience at that time greed as mind as greedy mind when greed does not uh, stay when greed disappears then we become mindful of non greedy mind like that he has given uh, 16 eight pairs or 16 parts of uh, the various stages various mental states for us to pay attention so when one of them arises we become mindful of that particular mental state without confusing it with anything else you know this is a very special training then the lastly buddha said be mindful of the dhamma in the dhammas so there he gave uh, groups or categories of dhammas 
one category is called hindrances. One of them again is a greed. When we pay attention to greed as a mental, as a mind or greedy mind, we don't see its function. We simply feel greedy mind as it is. We don't do anything, just pay attention to it. When we pay attention to the Dhamma, where greed arises as a hindrance, then we pay attention to what the greed does as a hindrance. It blocks our progress temporarily. Similarly, there are five such categories given in the mindfulness of the Dhamma. Now, the next thing, next term I want, this is not a deep, a very detailed explanation, but I simply want to clarify these terms. Next term I want to clarify is uh, become mindful of, uh, there are two terms, one is uh, be mindful of rising phenomena, be mindful of passing away phenomena, and be mindful of rising and falling or passing away phenomena. Uh, this is a little tricky, uh, especially if uh, you don't know the discourse. Uh, this sounds very uh, uh, repetitive and uh, confusing. The Sutta says, Samudaya Dhamma Anupasiva Kaisning Viharati, Vaya Dhamma Anupasiva Kaisning Viharati, Samudaya Dhamma Anupasiva Kaisning Viharati. The meditator stays being mindful of rising phenomenon, falling phenomenon, and rising and falling phenomenon of the body. What does it mean? We understand when you say rising phenomenon and disappearing or falling phenomenon, why do we have to say, why, oh, why the Buddha said rising and falling phenomenon, repeating the, tra- the same thing second time? Let me say once again, just pay very careful, mindful attention. He said, be mindful of rising phenomena of the body, be mindful of falling phenomena of the body, and be mindful rising and falling phenomena of the body. This has been grossly misinterpreted, misunderstood. So people say, one time you become mindful of rising phenomenon, another time you become mindful of falling phenomenon, 
another time you become mindful of both rising phenomena and falling phenomena. It seems a very easy way out, but it is not, it doesn't convey the true, deep, real meaning of this sentence, of these three sentences. To understand this, <laughs> we must understand Dhamma uh, in uh, the, the little uh, uh, different way. Uh, we have to have some knowledge of uh, deep Dhamma. Buddha said this very important thing, just pay attention. <laughs> Buddha said in Sanghita Nikaya, Trinimani Bhikkhve Sankhatata Sankhata Lakkanani. Atamani Tini Uppado Panyayati Vayo Panyayati Thitasa Anyatattang Panyayati. Okay? Because there are three things. clear in all conditioned things. There are three things clearly uh, manifest, expresses themselves in all conditioned phenomena, all conditioned things. There is nothing in the universe which is not conditioned. Everything is conditioned. Therefore, everything must have these three very uh, clear expressions. Expressions of three things. What are they? Everything expresses their appearance. They come into existence. And everything go goes to a peak, the climax, and everything falls or disappears. Now, here is the beginning, here is an end, and here is in the middle is the climax. When something arises and reaches the climax, it will manifest the same thing that happened to the beginning. That means, when it comes to the top, it won't stay static. Even that tiny little moment goes through rising and falling. Just assume that there is a point, there is a something start here, and it goes to the top. When it is on the top, it is not going to stay that way. But it will go through the same thing that happens to the beginning. That means it appears, comes to the top. When it comes to the top, also it appears and disappears before it falls down. Let me give you an example. Suppose you throw a stone into the air. It goes 
turning, 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 it goes to the top as, as far as uh, the, the velocity, the energy, the power uh, that uh, was initiated when you throw, it goes turning itself, turning, 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 when it goes to the top, it does not stay there, it turns again and falls back. So, rising phenomenon, falling phenomenon and rising and falling phenomenon of the same thing. So Buddha said, be mindful of rising phenomenon, falling phenomenon and the phenomenon of change in between. Of everything we experience, we experience, we see these three stages. That is what it means. So, uh, be mindful of the mind, be mindful of the body, feeling, mind, dhamma, and be mindful of their rising, their falling, and rising and falling. That simply means nothing is static. They all are in a state of flux all the time. In order for us to understand the flux, continuous change of everything, we have to pay attention to it. Then, uh, all these are very important because at the next term, these, these two stages, if we must understand these two stages very clearly in order to understand the third stage or third term that I am going to use. The third term is uh, be mindful of the body internally and be mindful of the body externally. Be mindful of the feelings internally, be mindful of the feelings externally. Be mindful of the mind internally, be mindful of the mind externally. Be mindful of the Dhamma internally, be mindful of the Dhamma externally. How do we understand this? In many places, we you hear or read uh, that uh, internally means one's own body, one's own feelings, one's own uh, mind, and one's own dhamma. Externally means others' bodies, others' feelings, others' states of mind, and others dhammas. How can you know that? How can you practice? Say for example, a breathing. You become mindful of your breath. And you know everything about the breath. 
how can you be mindful of the breath of anybody else? You are not going to put your finger in front of somebody's nose, nor can you put your nose in front of somebody's nose. There are trillions of beings in the universe, in, the, in, in, in this world that is trillions of beings. How can we know they are breathing? So to flush it out, to make it uh, more uh, uh, palatable, they say that is inferential insight. They say it is inferential insight. You mind you are being mindful of your body is your own. Then becoming mindful of others is uh, that uh, being mindful of others will arouse your inferential insight. What is inferential insight? It can be logical, rational insight. But when we very mindfully look at the sutras, Buddha has not even implied the inferential insight. Buddha, Venerable Sariputta, Venerable Sariputta gave uh, two beautiful discourses. Uh, one is called uh, uh, Maharavnovada Sutta, other is uh, Mahati Padopama Sutta, both are in Madhyaminikaya. Sometimes, even if you put your finger in front of somebody's nose, you might, uh, you know, know the person's breath. But how do you know somebody's mind, mental state? As soon as you sat down to meditate, you don't gain uh, special knowledge to read others' minds. And how do you know their feelings? How do you know their dhammas? There's no way to know. Moreover, this Awareness, this understanding, this insight must arise while, when you are paying attention to something, while it is happening. No before, no after. When somebody is feeling, you should be able to understand that person's feelings as the feeling is going on. When that feeling stops, another feeling arises, you should know that feeling as well. To see this rising phenomenon, falling phenomenon, and rising and falling phenomenon. The mindfulness training is the training of something that is happening now and here, in the present. And therefore, it is virtually impossible for anybody to know anybody's body, feeling, mental state and dhamma 
as they are happening. When you infer and logically think, that is not insight. Anybody can sit down and think of all kind of things. Another problem is this is a very dangerous problem. That is, uh, when you meditate, paying attention to your body, all of a sudden you you think, uh, let me pay attention to another body. <laughs> you will select the body, you know, to pay attention. Uh, that body can be very dangerous to your meditation. Because that may be your very favorite, uh, very desirable body. That arouses your lust or hatred and that is not desirable. You may pick certain kind of bodies, friends, relatives or enemies and so forth. So, this is not possible. The possible way is given in these sutras, many sutras, two of them I mentioned. One is uh, uh, Maharahulovada Sutta, the other is uh, Mahahatti Padopama Sutta. Maharahulovada Sutta was uh, uh, Sutta that Buddha uh, delivered to Rāhula, Buddha gave a, a very, very short uh, discourse to Rāhula, his uh, own begotten son. But Rāhula didn't understand it very well. So when he did not understand something, he always goes to his teacher. Who is Rāhula's teacher? Venerable Sāriputta. It was Venerable Sariputta who ordained Rahula at the Buddha's uh, order. And since then uh, he went to Rahula. When Buddha explained this uh, short discourse, uh, or gave this short discourse to him, he didn't understand. He then went to Venerable uh, 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 Sariputta and Sariputta explained. Now, he used, Venerable Sariputta used the 32 parts of the body and told uh, Rahula, Rahula, these are made up of four elements, earth, air, water, fire. Internal earth element is exactly the same as external earth element. External body is external earth element. When we talk about external earth element as a body, we don't refer to a person. 
a being. He refers to an element. He said, whatever happens to internal element or internal body happens to external element and external body. He said, internal body, internal elements are constantly changing all the time. You pay attention to it. And you see the same thing is happening to environment. In the internal element one is air. Internal body, one of the bodies is air. Breath body. If you pay total attention to breath body, what do you notice? Constant change. Constant change. And the same way external air also is changing. We are surrounded by air. This earth is filled with air. And that is the air we breathe in and out. And this external air behaves the same way as internal air behaves. So he said there is no difference between internal air and external air. Secondly, element. He said, Rahula, meditate like earth. You have earth element inside and look at the earth element. I said yesterday, only way to know the element, whether it is earth element, water element, fire element, air element, is through their behavior, their characteristics. You see the earth element in the body is very tough, very tough. Your body's strength remains or remains that way because of the presence of earth element. Similarly, external earth element is very tough. So he said, meditate like earth. Don't give up. Be tough. Be strong. Be steady. Like the earth. Internal earth element is very strong, very tough. External earth element is very strong and tough. Meditate like that. Be like a rock. Internal water element keeps things together, but they are that is impermanent. External water element keeps things together and yet it is impermanent. Internal fire element keeps you alive, 
digestive food make you feel warm comfortable external fire element also does the same thing but internal air element uh, fire, fire element is not permanent internal fire element burns you know we age because of the presence of fire element similarly external fire elements also can burn when all the water evaporate from the body the body heat will completely reduce this body into into dust similarly when external water element disappears external heat element can burn things into ash similarly meditate like fire burning all your defilements just like external element burns internal elements use fire elements use to burn in, to burn your defilements so internal air element keeps things moving bringing oxygen into the body similarly external air element keeps things moving holding sustaining oxygen so there but whenever sariputta said there is no any difference between internal body and external body that is seems to be very easy to understand but how can we understand internal feeling and external feeling where is the external feeling and where is the internal feeling i dismissed the belief that external feeling is inferential feeling when we dismiss that then how can we understand what external feeling is <laughs> internal feeling friends feeling that arises in our mind due to various things feeling we can divide into two main categories one is inner feeling arising through mental contact when mind contact something because of the contact immediately feeling arises that is internal feeling this internal feeling can be pleasant unpleasant or neutral depending on mental contact what the mind contacts mind may contact a memory <coughs> or the past mind may contact an idea belief mind may contact uh, imagination visualizing fantasies daydreams and so forth and so on mind can contact many many things it depending on what the mind contacts feeling arises according to that particular context what is external feeling 
external feeling is feeling arising through other five senses. Eye contact with external object and then arises eye feeling through the eye. This called Chakku Sampasya Vedana. Chakku Sampasya Vedana. Feeling arising through the eye contact. Sota Sampasya Vedana. Feeling arises through the ear contact. Ear contacts the sound. Sound is coming from outside. Even if he makes a sound by ourselves, the ear hears the sound when it escapes our lips, it goes from mouth to the ear. <laughs> Therefore it goes from outside into the ear. You cannot make any sound for the ear to hear without it coming out. If you simply uh, whistle or say, mm, that mm, sound also must come out to go to the ear. So, the feeling that arises through the ear is called Chakku Sampasaja Vedana, feeling arising through the ear contact. Then Ghana Sampasaja Vedana, feeling arising through the nose. Juha Sampasaja Vedana, feeling arising through the mouth. Kaya Sampasaja Vedana, feeling arising through the body. And these feelings arising through their contact with the external object. And therefore that feeling is called external feeling. Is it difficult to understand this? We don't have to go into other people's minds, other people's bodies, other people's experiences and so forth and so on to make uh, external feeling external. Similarly, Dhamma or mental state, the mind, uh, same way when greed arises in the mind through memory, imagination, fantasizing, daydreaming, ideas, ideas, and they all are internal, internal me mental state arising through the internal contact, <coughs> through the mind contact. And then the mental state that arises through the senses are external uh, mental uh, uh, states of the mind that arises through external objects like seeing, hearing and so forth, greed, hatred, those so forth can arise in the mind and they arise through contacting senses with external things. Same way the Dhamma, the phenomena, hindrance for instance, hindrance is five, one of the hindrances is uh, uh, sleepiness 
or drowsiness. Sleepiness and drowsiness can arise through internal states of mind and body. Mind. And sleepiness and drowsiness can arise from external things like you listen to this talk. I can put you to sleep. When the talk is boring, retiring, confusing, you start yawning and for a while you may twist and turn and then you, you twist and turn to prevent from falling asleep but the talk is so boring <laughs> you fall asleep. So I can put you to sleep. So this hindrance comes from me. You listen to music. Some music is so lulling, soothing, comforting, you can easily fall asleep. <coughs> so you can see that hindrance can arise from external objects. Restlessness and worry can arise from within, of thinking, imagining, visualizing, fantasizing, restlessness and worry can arise. That is internal hindrance, dhamma. But restlessness and worry can arise from external things, like um, when you are meditating you hear very unpleasant sound. It is irritating, you know, always repeating the same sound, you become very, very restless. So that Dhamma of restlessness arises through hearing a sound externally. So this internal and external things must, we must understand it exactly in this way so that everything is related to our experience and also uh, every part of this meditation should be done when it is happening you see that because when something we try to focus our mind on if it is no longer there how can you focus the mind there to focus the mind on something, that something must exist. If, if that particular thing does not exist, how can you pay attention to it? Pay attention to it. Therefore, and also rising phenomena, phenomenon, falling phenomenon, and rising and falling phenomenon. These three phenomena you experience only when you pay attention to something as it is happening. If you have no other way to pay attention to something rising, falling and rising, falling. So this internal and external thing uh, do not refer to your body, your feeling, your perceptions, your thoughts and so forth, and then somebody else or some other person. 
but the things are always uh, things or things things should always be present things always should be neutral things always should be related to your own experience in order to make the progress to understand what that particular thing is and therefore this uh, this uh, inferential insight insight arising from focusing mind on others and so forth can really confuse people's mind so when we understand uh, these terms in this way our mind will not go here and there to that body this body that person this person and a lot of confusions will not arise in our mind this is my understanding my interpretation through by seeing the sutras that put the and venerable sariputta and very great arahants have delivered and this inferential insight you can never find in any any particular sutra uh, any discourse it is uh, somebody is contriving to uh, express their own uh, their own understanding we can make um, we can make uh, meditators very very confused so friends uh, i don't i don't try to be too arrogant by giving this interpretation this understanding but i want to uh, make meditators meditation simple easy to understand i think friends that's all i can do this this afternoon i hope uh, uh you think you think about it very mindfully and see how it works of course you have a chance to ask me questions <coughs> as i mentioned uh, yesterday tomorrow is the day to answer your question please write your questions uh, related to either what i said or what you experienced all pertaining to dhamma and meditation and write in very clear legible hand okay